It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in, grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in. It's the one-hour show, constantly speaking facts. Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt. And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style. Jake is going to educate you, he has that knowledge on fire. Players, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy. Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby. Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform. Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards. No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at. Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for straight facts. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. As always, brought to you by the Up All Game Presents Network. Make sure you're following them wherever you get your content, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. But it's your boy, Jimmy J. I got the guys back together with me, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I can smell it. I can mm-hmm. smell football season. Jake texted me yesterday and he was like, yo, I'm hyped for this pod because it's almost football season, man. Like we're we're almost here. I can smell it. I can smell season three. Like it's right around the corner. It, it's like such it, it's perfect because like not only is there like such a great buildup for the NFL, it also comes directly after the most dead time in the year where you're just mm-hmm. strung out on baseball for a few weeks. And then baseball goes out like when there's the all star break, you really have to think about like, wow, what what are my interests? Like there's no sports on. <laughs> I'm hoping there's baseball on. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, it really, you really check yourself as a person. Like, what, what do I really, what do I really have in life if if sports isn't going on? It's a, it's a a bad reality check. <laughs> Stat bet. Are you just are you just feasting on all the Eagles um, training camp uh, training camp news and stuff? Because I saw you guys released Jalen Hurts training camp stats. I said it's Who gone did? too far. Yeah, that, yeah you got something to do. I said, I said, I said, I said that's, we've gone too far. No, I, went, I went to the open practice the other Sunday. It was fun. 
Um, And like, I'm really excited. I just think this team has a hard ceiling and I'm a little sad about that, but uh, I'm going to put it's, they're a fun, really likable team. So I should just enjoy that. Wow. You, you've been hurt a lot. You've been hurt a lot, man. All right. We're going to get into our content, what we got going today, because as we're getting oh so close to the start of the NFL season, the start of season three for straight facts, we got to get into a lot of football talk, man. We got to get into a lot of stuff that people are excited to and anticipated for the season. And that is some overhyped and underhyped players, man, or underhyped uh, coaches and teams in the NFL. So that's what we're going to focus on. Wait, is this coach or this team, are they too hyped or do they not have enough hype around them? The first one is a good place to start because not only is, does he have a, a question mark around him, but his team's got a whole lot of drama swirling around them right now. And that's Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. After last season's embarrassing loss, after the way they went out, after the way they kind of collapsed in the second half of the season, is this kind of a make or break year for Cliff Kingsbury? Because a lot of people like see him on the hot seat. We had Damian Adams with the uh, from the real deal with, with, uh, with DA last week, who couldn't have, couldn't have uh, less good things to say about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. So like, is it, but he got, but he gets credit as a, as a good coach. Right. So is it, is it overhyped? Is it underhyped? Like what's going on? Uh, he is, he's overhyped. And the reason that he is overhyped, it, it, the same exact reason that I think Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of love. I think Sean McVay gets a lot of love. Um, I think Zach Taylor gets a lot of love. Matt LaFleur. They're all a young B, new, and C, handsome gentlemen. I knew you that, were is, <laughs> that is the reason that they get good press coverage. As And now, granted, a lot of those guys have found success as well, <laughs> but they don't get under the same scrutiny. Like, the, the ringer that people ran Andy Reid through in Philadelphia and sometimes in Kansas City for his decisions, like, you're not checking Andy Reid like that if he is chiseled looking <laughs> like a Robert Sala, like, handsome gentleman. You're just not. You sound like the girl who lost the beauty pageant but had the best talent. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, and the when I since I started like watching like soccer stuff, it's really funny. This guy, one of the people that I like in like the group that I watch, he always says like the handsome botanist bias. People only like people only underrate Wayne Rooney because he was an ugly mug. It's <laughs> mm. like that, and it's like it kind of has a point. People are drawn to attractive people, but. Uh, I honestly think Cliff is kind of getting a little disrespected. Um, so I think he's underhyped. Every single year he's been the car. I hated the signing when he got when he got signed as the head coach. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, anyone who's had a lunch with Sean McVay is going to get hired. It was like the whole joke. <laughs> but he took over a three and thirteen team. The next year they go five ten and one. Then they go eight and eight. Then they go eleven and six. So the ending of the season was atrocious and needs to be fixed. But he's on the right trajectory. I don't think it will continue. But so far, I think it's a little unfair to criticize someone who's coming to the team that is the worst team in the history of the NFL. Like if you just look historically, the the Chicago, Arizona, Phoenix, St. Louis, wherever they were. They were horrible forever, and he's taken over a horrible franchise in, that was in a bad space and took them to the playoffs. And 
does he need to do more? Yes, but so I I think he's being um, underhyped, but I do agree that it's a make or break year. Yeah, I'm kind of right with you, Matt, to be honest, because yes, the the drop offs, the cliffs Mm. that he's hit. During the season, they haven't been good, man. Like the through the first seven games of the season of every year, he's he's amazing, forty two and twenty. And then you get to the back half of the season, cumulative, he's sixteen and forty three. So that's got to that's got to change. But he's a that young includes his college years too. Just includes so, yeah. includes college. Okay, but he's he's a young coach in the NFL. Like this is what year you're going to year five as head coach in the NFL. So like, is there you know, is there no margin for error? Is there no margin to get better? I like the incremental improvement. I really do. Like, if for a coach who's coming in and, like you said, Matt, taking over a bad situation, then inherited a young quarterback, then took over and had um, running back turnover, had defensive turnover. Like, he's, you know, to, to get improvement out of your team each year, there's something to absolutely be said for that. So, and the other reason he's underhyped is because, like, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has good press in the streets right now. Like, right, like Jake, you say you say he's overhyped, but who's singing his praises right now? Right, this th- is that may way- have been uh, a few right, a few seasons past where they were really right. high on him, and I I do think right, you you are right on that. Like the the playoff loss, I think dinged him um, the, yeah. significantly. So, but I, and I'll push back too. You know, he he did make the playoffs last year. They lose embarrassingly. They like the and offense pe- is who is who? the. It's the focal. The offense was the focal point of their team the whole year, and they get completely shut down. He didn't with Kyler Murray the two previous seasons couldn't break eight wins. Granted, it was a flawed team, and this is the most. And and I don't want to put all of this on him because I I personally don't know how much of a say he has in player personnel, but he's supposed to be this air raid offense attack. The wide receivers that they have drafted since he's been there, they've spent good capital on Andy Isabella, <laughs> Hakeem Butler. <laughs> And Rondale Moore, who I'm not going to make the sound to just yet. You loved, you loved Hakeem Butler, didn't you? When he came uh, out, uh, you didn't have to, you didn't have to burn me like that. I was going to gloss <laughs> over it. Didn't, didn't he love Hakeem? Butler? I was, I was really high on Hakeem. That's a hurt piece right there. <laughs> yeah, my, my fault, my fault. But yeah, I mean, he's you know, this is the guy that's evaluating your talent. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he has some hand in the process, and all those guys have been somewhat of duds. Again, Rondale Moore, I'm not going to put there yet, but we'll see this year. Uh, last year, I, I think context doesn't get put around enough of last year. Should the Cardinals have collapsed like that? No. But Kyler Murray misses some time. DeAndre Hopkins misses time. J.J. Watt misses time. Um, James Conner misses time. Good point. All of their All of their marquee players missed time last year at, at different points. So it's not like they all were down at the same time. But, I mean, for an offense that was relying on th- literally those three on offense and a, and a defense that's kind of anchored and, and, you know, hunkered down by J.J. Watt, you guys can understand that the boat's going to waver a little bit. Now, an elite coach, a, an elite young coach, a Sean McVay, uh, you know, whoever you want to put in that category, probably gets that ship back right better than Cliff Kingsbury, which is why he's starting to fall under these, you know, some of these names. But, you know, the context means a lot. You can't, you know, it's hard to win without your best players in the lineup consistently, especially in the NFL, especially in the NFC West. Like, especially in that division when you got the Niners and the Rams who got hot at the end of the season. Right. You have but that's def- tough. Defending Super Bowl champion in the division and no DeAndre Hopkins, no Christian Kirk. Uh, well, no DeAndre Hopkins for the first, you know, 
chunk of the season. I think it's eight games right. he got suspended. And then yeah. Christian Kirk was signed away. So we're going to see. Gone. He's going to be put to the test early on. If they're not doing well, the, hot, the seat's going to be hot. The yeah, seat's hot. definitely going to be hot. Seat, seat warm. The seat mm. warming up already. Like, they, like someone put the seat on 350 and hit bake. Like the seat preheated. <laughs> it ain't hot yet, but it's going to be. Give it about 10 minutes. You're going to hear a nice little dig and the seat hot. The seat ready to go. Week four. All right. The next one we're moving on. And y'all, I have some really petty co hosts. I really do. Because we they they just find little ways to get their anti buccaneer slants off. And they're clever. They really are. I give you a lot of credit. I I give you a lot of credit. Because you hide it in these real clever ways that I can't really fight back on. I gotta just talk about it on the pod. So the the, the Buccaneers is the next one we're talking about. The the two years ago Super Bowl champions. <laughs> um <laughs> A team who obviously gets Tom Brady back, has a new head coach and Todd Bowles. But I think the biggest thing that people are looking at is kind of the shuffles on the offensive line that a lot of things are going to be looking different. You got Ali Marpet, who retires. Ryan Jensen is uh, is out for a, a lengthy period of time with a knee surgery from a knee injury. He suffered on the second day of training camp. Uh, his backup is in right now. Shaq Mason comes in to replace Alex Kappa at tackle. So you got Tom Brady coming back. We have him coming back with the exact same team, except the people who protect him. And he's built a really good rapport with this offensive line. So that that's a worrisome part to me. I know I don't want to gloss over that any uh, at any point. The past two seasons, I think it got overlooked a lot how well our offensive line was. You got two pro bowlers and an all pro on that offensive line, maybe the second or third best offensive line in football behind like the Eagles or, um, you know, teams like that. So it's, it's that that's, that's something that really goes into it. But before I let y'all try to get anything off to say that there's any, like to say that we're overhyped is ridiculous. And I'll, and I'll kind of tie a bow on it at the end of it, how it, we can't be overhyped really. But I just want to let y'all know that before you guys try to say that we're overhyped, like that's ridiculous. So Jake, go ahead. Uh, so actually, it's funny because in that in speaking, I was kind of thinking back. I did write a couple of these. It felt a little good to get some of the not the injury points, but just to include them <laughs> in there. Not happy that anyone's injured, but right, right. you know, like realistically, it's funny. It's a game of inches, and it, and especially as far as it comes to like perception. Imagine the way that we would be discussing Tampa Bay. If they had cinched up their coverage in the NFC Championship game, they go to the Super Bowl again. And now, win or lose, you're in the Super Bowl two straight years. And maybe then people would be really high on them, and, and I would be saying, oh, like, they're overhyped. But that didn't happen. They lost. And because of it, and because of the injuries, I think there's now, like, a really negative spin that might be picking up on the Bucks. Granted, they're still, they might, I think they still are the second favorite uh, as far as Vegas goes. But... Um, I, I think right now, because of the way things broke, they're probably a little underhyped, but like based on what happened last season. But then spinning it forward, maybe they're a little overhyped because they might have a bad year if they can't protect Brady. That that's basically where I'm at. I hope you can accept that. <laughs> that, hit, that hits softly. That doesn't that doesn't hit too hard. <laughs> the Patriots are overhyped for the simple reason that. They're favored Look to at the win Freudian the slip. NFC. That was a Freudian slip <laughs> by Look Matt. Freudian slip. Sorry, sorry. Um, the Buccaneers. First of all, don't you? We are a different team. Don't you get yeah. us confused with that? We're not them. 
You, I, I, yeah, yeah. So the Buccaneers are favored, are overhyped for the simple fact that they are favored to win the NFC over the Rams. When the Rams had a better offseason than them after the Rams went into Tampa Bay and beat them in the playoffs on the road on listen the way to, to winning the Super voice. Bowl. Listen so to it makes no sense to me. Oh, because Brady retired listen. and then unretired, all of a sudden they have a better chance to go to the Super Bowl than the Super Bowl champions who got better. The, it's the, and the only reason that game was even close was because Cam Akers had some two stupid fumbles. It's like everyone oh, talks about the end because, the, the, again, wow. The Bucks blew, <laughs> blew um, the coverage, but the fact that the Rams lost that lead was so fluky and bizarre and weird. And it, it, the and, Brady and effect. Cam Akers fumbles because Brady's the yeah. quarterback on Tampa. Yes, just- yes, <laughs> yes. This weird, this weird thing happens to the other team when Tom Brady is on the sideline. Like Atlanta shouldn't blow a twenty-eight to three lead either. But, but yeah, but Nick Foles became Superman, so like it's not always there. True. That's true. That's true. I don't say it's always there, but that there is there is a a Brady effect to the ball just bouncing his way. But continue, continue your rant. Continue. It's, rant. It, I think the Bucks are the second best team in the NFC. I think the fact that Green Bay is, we'll get to Green Bay, um, but it's more about they're just by definition they're overhyped because there's no reason other than Tom Brady, which did not, which was not good enough last year, that you can say that they're a better chance to win the Super Bowl than the Rams. I think you're taking hype in a different context than I'm taking hype, or that really you should take hype. Because when we use the term like overhyped, I don't think it's, I think it's a different connotation than saying like who has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. Like who are you, like hype is a, talent factor plus an excitement factor plus a intrigue like that's that's what surrounds hype and this is a team who not only has one of the best defenses in the league one of the best receiving combos in the league but you have all this drama of Tom Brady retiring and then choosing to come back and pretty much saving our franchise from mediocrity until we figure it out again not only do you have that, the greatest quarterback of all time, returning to your football team, giving you another legit chance to maybe win his eighth Super Bowl and right out to the sunset as the best to ever do it maybe in sports, but you also have a, a, a head coach who goes to the front office and makes way for a guy like Todd Bowles who everyone every single year screams that this brother should get a head coaching opportunity. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 
Game presents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And Bruce Arians does a great job in saying, I want him to be able to coach a good team. I don't want him to just inherit a bad team or get Rooney ruled. Like, I want him to be able to have success so people see how good he truly is in the limelight. I and think all of, that, all of that goes into hype. And we, I don't think you can have a more hyped team right now than the Bucs. I don't think it's the Rams. I don't. And I don't. I, Arians actually loves the Bulls because they worked really well together in Arizona as well. And Matt. The most important point, this is how we Temple Owls operate. Okay, you guys might not get it. You guys are Rams. Okay, you, you have the L.A. mindset because of the L.A. Rams, obviously. <laughs> wow. Not Rams. This is how we Temple Owls. You got to, Owls fly in a pack. That's what they say. I just made that up. But, I mean, it's applicable owls, here. Owls, I believe, are solo creatures, actually. <laughs> I like, I like, I guess. Like, 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 you know, naturally, factually, I think they, they fly solo. <laughs> But no, but you're right. But I, but I hear you. I hear you. But I like it. But that's that's the hype factor. And then the football factor is also this isn't a guy in Tom Brady coming back like a Brett Favre unretired. Even though when Brett Favre unretired, he still you know wasn't terrible. But this is a guy who comes back who many argue probably could have, I think, should have won MVP last year. Like this is a guy who is still playing levels of football that people hope to reach. So he comes back, and yes comes back and makes our team Super Bowl favorites. He's got seven of them, Matt. When this guy comes back and decides I want to win a Super Bowl, only Eli Manning and Nick Foles can stop him. That's the only he, two. Like, he's got seven of them. Like, he legit can go and just stop him last year. 
That's, yeah, just, that, that's the most recent thing Look, that's happened. I'm not Brady's, Brady's still a top five quarterback, obviously. But I don't he's not if he was the peak of his powers, I think that would make them favorites. But he's he's but it's he, unfair to say regress because he's 44 or 45, whatever. He didn't regress. But, but he he's didn't, like he's not as good as he was 10 years ago, but he's still great. He went from being a 10 out of 10 to a nine and a half out of 10. That's what happened to Tom Brady. It's not, he's in, it's, I'm not doing the cliff argument that Kellerman was doing for years. Like Brady's, Brady's obviously still a great quarterback, but the Rams have better talent, better defense. They yeah. have mystery cap yeah. voodoo where they can just get every player in the world. Yeah, it works. Um, and it's, and I, I know I'm biased because I dislike seeing Brady win. And honestly, it's past the point of Ridiculous. hating. I just Ridiculous. think it's boring at this point. If the Bucks win, there's no fun story in the Bucks winning. It's the except, Bucks. Except Todd Bowles getting his except Todd Bowles getting his first NFL chip. Except Brady getting his eighth. Like what? There are things the Bucks fans would disagree with you, Matt. That's you, you. Yeah, what? It's not your team, so it's boring. <laughs> like, what do you mean it's boring? No, 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 like, no, no. get out of here. Every like a forty-four-year-old like, quarterback winning a Super Bowl. How's that boring? Neutral. If you're a neutral fan who's just learning the NFL. I despise the Cowboys. I will wear Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey if it's like a Cowboys Bucks NFC title game. But like it's more exciting for like a neutral fan, in my opinion, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl than the Bucks do. I think a neutral fan couldn't care less. <laughs> like if it's not if it's not their team, I think they could care less who wins the Super Bowl. But all the, like all, all this we're proving my point. We were talking for 10, 11 minutes about Tom Brady alone and him coming back to the Buccaneers. Like, come on, man. Well, the one thing, he is on an extended leave, right? I, I, I would only worry that maybe he's not taking training camp as seriously, which I truly don't know if it matters. Like, it, it, he could not show up to training camp, and I genuinely don't know if it would make a difference in his play during um, the season. We had, like, two weeks of a training camp, and then we won the Super Bowl in the COVID year. COVID he, does not count. Everyone had. Everyone was on the same playing field. No, no, no. In terms of, in, no, no, no. Not, not in terms of like the championship didn't count. In terms oh, of like, okay. like everyone had the same training camp right. restrictions. But, but I'm saying like that's why I'm not worried about it because. Oh, I see. What, okay, he, yeah, he, he's done. Well, this we'll is what he wasn't really retired. Then. Brady told the Bucks, "Okay, I'm probably going to come back. I don't want Arians to be my coach anymore, based on like the rumors you've heard swirling. Um, I, so you go up to the front office." And I'm going to half-ass training camp. Hmm. And they said, okay, great. As long as you come back. Yeah, as long as you come back. Yeah, that's, 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 I, that's exactly, that's my, in my opinion, I think that's exactly what happened. What is the season happened. start? September 9th? As long as you're here on September 8th. <laughs> like, just, just be back the day before so we get your physical and everything done. And like that, that's fine. The extended leave of absence, Jake, apparently was cleared by coaches and, and mm. staff. Apparently oh, I'm sure, right? I'm, I'm sure. It's I'm sure, probably, which which is just furthers all this point that I'm sure they're like, man, you go right, on, do, do, it, whatever do whatever you want, you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. Just just be back here. Help. Lennon and, is our quarterback. If you decide yeah, not to, so do whatever you want. Do I know he's not yeah, anymore, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert, which I no one wants to see. Is it all right? Yeah, we're gonna, uh, yeah, we're gonna, well, yeah, disgusting. We're gonna move on to the next team who. We got to decide where they fall under, man, because Aaron Rodgers is still there in Green Bay under a new contract. They got it figured out. But that left room for them to do literally nothing else. 
And, you know, he's going to have to – we're going to have to see how that goes. But the Green Bay Packers have a wide receiving Corey Storm to have Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Travis Fulgham, who they just picked up. Um, so w- what does that leave Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Matt? Are they underhyped, overhyped? Are people not giving them enough credit or too much credit? Or what's going on? They're getting way too much credit. They're, uh, their team – everyone kind of viewed – it was the whole thing about – the Packers built this team to win the title last year because they knew everyone was gone. Everyone thought everyone knew Adams and Rodgers were gone. Uh, well, luckily for the Packers, only one of them left, and it was everything was structured around that. And then they just completely collapsed in the playoffs and lost the game to a team without allowing an offensive touchdown. And like the fact that they have no receiving core. They're, if they're, their roster, I think, is like Vikings level. They just have a mm. much better quarterback. I don't think they're in the Super Bowl contender realm. I think there's a decent chance the Vikings actually might win the division. Um, I think the Packers are a 10 and 7, 11 and 6 type team. No more 13 win seasons as long with no receiving core for Rodgers. Um, where, are they sl- where are they slated to finish right now in the NFC? Um, they're the second favorite behind the Bucks to make the. They're tied with the Rams, basically. If you look at odds, there it's like really? whichever one you pick, some will some will have the Rams higher, some will have the Packers higher. I think when you go ahead, Jake. When when you look at the team, and like it's a very intriguing question. Like, are people too high or too low on them? I think like to, for them to be tied with the Rams is. For me personally, it's just a little bit too overhyped. Like they should be, I, I think they're decidedly worse than the Rams. A little bit? A little bit. That be well a little bit. Well, I said decidedly. They're decidedly right, worse. It's well, no, it's more than a little bit overhyped. Oh, like, they, I see they, what like, you're saying. Uh, gross. But but here's what I'll say is that I wouldn't count them out completely. They still like people roll their eyes when the, when when you say, oh, well, they still got Aaron Rodgers. You need to look back to, because there's a, a very similar discourse going um, on in Indianapolis in like 2009. They ended up losing in the Super Bowl that year. But Peyton Manning, who was also getting up there in age, can he still do it? Uh, right before he left for, um, or a few years before he left for Denver, his receiving core was Reggie Wayne, Pierre Garçon, Austin Colley, and Hank Basket. Okay. Um lovely. Lovely. I like that's it's granted Reggie Wayne is is very very he had 150 targets that year, 100 receptions. Um still very much a above average player. He was getting up there in age and all those other guys could easily be pick take your pick. You, can can Christian Watson produce what Pierre Garçon did that year, no. 47 catches? You don't think he can get 47 catches no, this Garçon year? Garçon is a really good player. No, no, that, that, but that year, 47 catches, Matt. Right, four 47. touchdowns, 47 uh, I catches. I think but just by default, he'll get 47 probably. I mean, I I think that they're maybe lacking a little bit on wide receiver, but then you compare the running backs from team to team. They had Joseph Adai on that Colts team. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are, are much better, in my opinion, than anything that they had there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I, I say all that to say, if the defense can remain competitive or be competitive, I don't think there's anyone in their division that's like world beaters. So they have a very good chance of winning the division still. 
And if they do, they're going to host a home playoff game. And then you got Rodgers in the second round of the playoffs. Like, I, I'll, like that's about where they should be, in my opinion. And that's right. where they are. Almost. I do think I, I do think the division saves them a lot playing six games against NFC North opponents who you've just been dominating over the years is like that's going to help, you know, springboard them a lot. But if if people are excited to see the Packers and are, are wishing them to be second or third in the NFC, my, my question would just be like, what's there to be hype about? Like what? Like what's what's there too? Like I understand Jake that you know Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but it, it seems like a content Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't seem like a hungry Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't seem like an Aaron Rodgers who's you know fighting and scratching and clawing to go get another championship. It seems like an Aaron Rodgers who decided like this is the time I get my money. Who they get? Like I wish for good talent. I'm gonna work hard, but you know it's not. I'm not sacrificing mine to go get somebody else now or to keep right. somebody else now. So who we who who we're able to get is who we're able to get and. I've never, I've never seen a Packers team, maybe not never, but I don't recall the best Packers teams as being driven or being anchored by their defense. Like they've had good defenses. They've had defenses that helped, but Aaron Rodgers and the offense has been the moneymakers has been the drivers. And this is the first time since 2015 that the Packers don't have a wide receiver with a thousand yards in their past five seasons. So now Aaron Rodgers is going with a receiving core, a type of a receiving core that he hasn't dealt with in seven, eight seasons. Like, I don't, I don't see the high, I don't see the Packers running in that engine. I don't see them running in that way. You have a a dynamic and creative offensive mind, one of these good, young, handsome coaches that Jake likes, and Matt Lafleur, and you don't even have the weapons to to use that. That's what you said. That's some phrasing there. You, we might have to work on that phrasing. I don't know about that one, but continue. But 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 you don't even have the weapons to to move in that offense. So I don't I don't see where this excitement, where this hype, where this um, optimism of the Packers really comes from. Like I, I don't like if you're mad at the Bucks for being one in the NFC, the Packers being two or three should have you irate. I agree. I yeah, yeah. It's you know it's mean? more it's more egregious that the Packers are like even with the Rams and the yeah. Bucks are ahead of the Rams. I agree. Okay, because, uh, it re- almost reminds me of that Patriot season in 2013 where Brady had no receivers to throw to because Edelman and Gronk were gone, were hurt and Hernandez had just been convicted mm. and Brady just scrapped and clawed and they somehow found their way into the AFC title game. I don't think Rodgers is as good as Brady, so I don't think that will happen. I think probably like what Jake said, second round, maybe, maybe first round. I just, I, I think the Packers offense is going to be, you'll, there'll be a lot of like Aaron Rodgers looking like with like his hands, like you're supposed to do that and that, or how did you not break that way? And, mm-hmm. and I just think he's going to be upset with the lack of talent he has around him. His most experienced wide receiver with him, the one he's built the most success and rapport with on the current roster is Alan. I guess it's Randall Cobb technically, but the best one is Alan Lazard. It should be really telling that they've got Randall Cobb on that roster. Well, here's, here's the thing. Well, Randall Cobb's on that roster because of Aaron Rodgers. Actually like the one thing like he did for somebody else was get Randall Cobb back. Of all the, of all the good Samaritan gestures that he wanted to pull, it was for Randall Cobb. Probably cause he knew, you know, I can get him back and it won't cost me that much. So I can still get my money. But I think what, what this will tell us this season will tell us what stratosphere Aaron Rodgers falls into because he's coming off an MVP season. 
So I, I have to assume that he's still one of the top three at his position. And that's a generous assumption because I should assume he's the best player in the NFL or one of, you know, top three in the NFL. But we'll just say for his position. So when you make a, a comparison like Tom Brady, where he has a very similar kind of start of the season and what Tom Brady was able to do, no one's saying Aaron Rodgers has to go win the Super Bowl to prove that. But you can't go and, and turn belly up in this season and then blame it on personnel and then blame it on situation. When we've seen a guy who's in your era, who your supporters and you say that you're in the same tier and same all-time stratosphere and whatever it is, like if he was able to do that back then, you should be able to do something now. Yeah, like at the end of the day, to put whatever great quarterback you want up there and ask the question, would these guys not win the division if the other quarterbacks in the division were Justin Fields in his second year, Kirk mm. Cousins, and the goofball? No. You, goofball. Have to win, you have to win that division. Have to. I love that. Oh, we wouldn't say Jared Goff. Say he's just <laughs> the goofball. He's literally just the goofball. All right. We're going to move on to the last one because I'm very interested to hear your guys' take. I like that he's in the script. Sean McDermott. Um, Head coach of the Bills, and he's made the playoffs four of the last five seasons. Um, and before that, before he took over, the Bills hadn't made the playoffs since 99. So a guy who's kind of brought the Bills and this crazy franchise out from some very dark times, um, but has yet to really get to that mountaintop, has yet to really you know get to that ultimate goal, and seems to have the personnel, seems has has seems to have the team to do it. So. I'm interested, yo. Are you guys out? Not maybe not out on Sean McVay or Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott. I'm sorry, but is he a little overhyped or is he a little underhyped? I uh, personally, well, first and foremost, this ties a bow on my handsome coach theory because if he was good looking, <laughs> he would be the number one Stop. star in the NFL. Like Stop he, judging these NFL coaches, man. Stop, I, just stop doing that. It's it's like seriously, four of the ooh, voice crack, four of the five mm. play or years with the Bills, he made the playoffs, and then last mm. season they had the perfect offensive game. And this is granted how much of that goes to Brian Dable, who's now with the Giants. We're going to see this year how much of their offensive success. But like, Good point. that was kind of like his his Magna Carta, his masterpiece. The 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 thing that really should have put him over the top in terms of public opinion, um, and it did not. And then you know on the defensive end, he's he's done great things as well. So like the I, I make fun of Josh Allen a lot for the throwing the ball over the back of the head in the playoff game, but the Ridiculous. growth the growth that he's shown year over year, um, as well as the overall team success that they've had, should be more than enough to propel Sean McDermott into like an elite coach, like ranking in my bro, opinion bro i i agree just, with you i 100 i 100 agree with jake yeah, yeah. i do uh, right. I, I think his accomplishments i think are underhyped i think he's an underhyped coach um i also think with jake's theory it's also because he's a defensive coach too right, offensive right, right. coaches get um all the hype but when they got josh allen they told they basically looked at sean mcdermott and said so here's a guy He's an unbelievable athlete, can throw the ball a mile, bad at quarterback. We're going to take him in the first round. <laughs> bad at quarterback. <laughs> and, and Sean McDermott said, okay, and then he turned him into an MVP candidate. 
And and the patience was just the first year Josh Allen was really bad. The second year he throws the ball over his head in a playoff game. The third mm-hmm. year he makes the AFC title game. And the and last year he plays a perfect postseason. There's nothing he did wrong in the postseason. Um so that on top of the fact that every single that he his defensive knowledge made them a contender in the beginning where before he came, they were 24th and 27th in defensive DVOA. Since he came, he was 18th in their first year, and then second, and then seventh, 12th, and then first. This is like a coach that had Nathan Peterman take snaps in a playoff game. Like, this Mm, is how mm. bad the Bills were as a situation. And he scratched and clawed a way to get 9-7 and in 2017. And then they built a quarterback with a chance to contend, and they got Mahomes. You can't blame the team for being Mahomes. Um, yeah, and, seriously. And there's a really good chance that in 10 years we talk about McDermott like he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I, I, I agree. So he's going to because Jake, think about it, man. He's only got to get like one more, like one one more round, one more, get over one mm-hmm. hump. That's the only yeah. thing he's got to get. Win it. I think you have to win it to be. No, no, no. There's a, there's a scenario where the Bills have two right. Super Bowls, where Allen, Josh Allen retires with two Super Bowl wins. Like a, right. a really plausible scenario. In both of those, they, they have to win the Super Bowl, which is yeah, massive. Like that's more, which that's is almost, it's borderline luck. Like, and, and, and they have a very Knicks-esque aura around them where it's like everybody hurt. knows who they got to go through. Like you got great players, a great coach, a great roster, and there's one person you got to go through. If you don't go through him, you're not gonna win. Yeah. And they, and they, the way the Knicks kept getting Jordan is the way the Bills keep getting Mahomes, and hope yeah. hopefully they can get over that hurdle. But I think Sean McDermott might be the most underhyped person slash team we have on this list, actually by far. Yeah. By far, because you you talk about the Bills every year since Josh Allen has emerged. And they got Stephon Diggs, and their defense became the best defense in the league by a long stretch last season. They were crazy, and even without Trey White for a lot for a lot of the season. And you and you think about the Bills. How often does someone bring up Sean McDermott? Attention, all wrestling aficionados! Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like Never. we, even, Jake, you even brought up Brian Dayball in the midst of talking about Sean McDermott. You said <laughs> I wouldn't, and it was anymore. It was a great thought, I, and I said great point when you said it. That's how that's how little credit we give to this man. It's like even when we're trying to talk about how under he is, we're like, oh, but it might have been Brian Dayball. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that. Which and he's and he's the architect of of Matt. You said it greatly about of a quarterback who came in and people couldn't have more red flags around him. And now he should probably win MVP this season if everything goes according to plan. It's probably his turn to win MVP. You you have a team behind a defense who has progressed every year and now last year was the best defense in the league and you get one of the best cornerbacks in the league back off of injury. And oh, by the way, you added Von Miller in this offseason. So if this team goes and does what it's supposed to do, I think the light has to get turned to Sean McDermott. Like, I, I think it absolutely has to. Can I be honest with you guys? Uh... Last night, saw, got a little message from FanDuel. Hey, same bonus that I won a whole bunch of money for uh, betting on the Rams. They're, they wanted to run it back. They tried mm. to hit me with the email, and mm. I had to sit down and decide what gotcha team, ass. What team gotcha do I think ass. is going to win the Super Bowl. We have to put $50 down to get the, the bonus that they offer. Um, and I came to the decision that, uh, I had to bet on the Bills. They are the it's surest the bet because if everything goes right, there's no reason why they shouldn't win. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you hit it last year. I, I may, I may become much more pro Bill going forward. Uh, but <laughs> we, y'all know how this goes. Y'all know how this goes. Well, all listeners out there. Yeah. Every 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 argument, every time the Bills are on the pod, every time Josh Allen is on the pod, remember remember this remember this story from Jake because it'll it'll explain his slit. That's, that's why, why I want to his point. That's why I want to flag it early, get it out of the way. But also, <laughs> so I'm I'm down the shore right now, and the way Fanduel works is like, I if I go back to PA, I can't see the bets that I made mm. in New Jersey. So I think I'm gonna cash it out, but ultimately they're probably gonna still be my team. But I think I'm, we'll see. I may. Subject to change, potentially. 
No, I think you got to commit to him. I think I got to yeah. him. Before we move on from Sean McDermott, we talked about him making the playoffs for the last five. Um, actually coached a perfect game in the playoffs when they destroyed the Patriots. My goodness. Um, is there a year that you think he should have won coach of the year? Is there a year that he could that he could have won coach of the year? Because I think it's I think it's a little absurd. I think the, the highest he got was second. He came second to Kevin Stefanski in 2020. But before that, highest he got was like fourth in 2019. It's I would have said 2019 is probably what where I would pick. Yeah. I, think he, Matt, I think he came in like fourth. If I'm looking, <laughs> if I'm looking this up correctly. But coach of the year is a dumb fourth. award. Because like if you were actually giving coach of the year, like Belichick would have like 13 of them. And well, and like Reed would have a yeah, bunch, but now that context means a lot because I don't, I don't, I don't always think coach of the year should just go to the coach who coached the best team. Like I think you the know, coach that out, outperformed expectations, right? The most, right, right, right. Which kind of end up being the best team, like. But I think it's like, like can Andy Reed get coach of the year? Like top, I, I don't know, because Todd Bowles could get coach of the year because it's, yeah, it's a good being point. his first head coaching season. Like you're you with Mahomes, I mean? like, all right, dude, <laughs> you're like, with Josh Allen and company. That's why he does. It, it is like the fact, as Matt said, just to wrap like my last point on here on this. It's because if he was an offensive coach, he would be way yeah. more recognized. But because he's defense and the strength of their team, not really. I mean, they were the best defense, but what makes the news on the team is Josh Allen and all the points that they score. He gets maybe swept swept under the rug a little bit. Interesting, Jake. Does does Nick Sirianni fall into this mode? Is he young coach, offensive minded? It's my oh, mom. The, uh, is he handsome? Is really I was about to say. <laughs> I was really? about to say. My mom thinks he's handsome, so he probably gets a little bit of a positive spin. He probably gets. I like the fact that Sirianni works to the strengths of his team and is very open about defending now. his team. Yeah, yeah. So I like him, but I don't know if I'd put him elite. He's yeah, I like Sirianni, but he's yeah, he's kind of goofy. He's just not handsome. And I'm not just talking about like he like he he the pandering he does is is too Crazy much. Pander, yeah, I well, appreciate yeah. it. I think it's funny, but like if I'm actually like if I actually were to be critical of it, which I think it's silly to do, but I it, it it's a little too much that he wears like Davion Sounds... Taylor sweatshirt. So like yeah, Jalen hurts his face on a t-shirt. Yeah. It's a little yeah. I don't want I don't want that. All right. So we're going to move on because with the start of the NFL season starts the, the start of the second best season, that's fantasy football season. And I, for one, am coming off a fantasy football chip, As so I'm ready to run it back. And you, Right. I'll, everybody but Matt, right? I'm not a sorry, champion. Sorry, Matt. You're not allowed to do Wait. the champion flex. Uh, <laughs> you can't uh, make a muscle with the camera. I was a, I was a 500 team last year. That's okay, Matt. Because yeah. I, I won the championship in one league and missed the playoffs in the other. So I'm really only deciding to talk about the good. There's there's a whole other side to me that you guys don't literally never hear about. But since fantasy football season is starting, we're going to continue the overhyped or underhyped theme because I like it. But we're going to turn it into fantasy football prospects and see, like, based on where they at, where their ranking is, their position ranking, are they overhyped or are they underhyped going into the season? At first, we're going to go quick. Jake, Cam Akers coming in at RB15. Picked up head of guys like Zeke and James Conner, but then falls behind guys like Saquon Barkley, who Matt absolutely despises all of a sudden, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette. So Cam Akers, RB15, what you think about it? Um, So this is like, if you are in a 12-person league, like 
He'll probably end up being like an RB2 is the idea with, with his ADP being picked as the 15th running back. I, I would really, really worry that they're not going to put up with, at this point, like when you're a young player and you fumble, um, but you show flashes, you know, you get a lot of leeway. But when you start to get a little longer in the tooth and you're on a really good team and you're giving away possessions like we saw them doing in the playoffs, granted bad games happen to everyone, I, I would worry that they may split up the work a little heavier. Um, now, as far as like who is going to be the one receiving that work, uh, whether it's, you know, Daryl Henderson or Michelle, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. But I, I would worry that if he starts to falter, they're just going to wipe their hands of him and be like, we're moving on. Um, so I, I would say that he's a little overhyped. I'm, I would rather have Aaron Jones, who's being picked after, and Fournette. I'd rather have both of them. We, yeah, I, I, mean, I think he's overhyped. I think he came back too soon. From It was an Achilles tear. And it was it's, it's, it's remarkable that he came back for the playoffs, but he was horrible in the playoffs. Uh, other than the fumbles, he averaged 2.6 yards per carry. And it's not like the Rams are getting stuffed offensively. That's mm-hmm. him not finding holes or not being quick enough or not trusting his leg enough to cut into the openings that he saw. Um, so I I think it's a you could it there's a there's high upside but also high downside. Because there's a chance that he's just like a, a good quality running back for a contender that's going to be near the goal line a lot. But there's also a chance that the Rams see him and they say, no, we, we, we have three other people that can do what we need you to do that you're not doing. So yeah, I- it's, 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 for me, it's like a, I'm, a, I'm a pass on Akers because he could be a – there's a scenario where he's a top 10 fantasy running back this year and there's a scenario where he's a top 60 so i mean injuries i think would be the biggest reason he'd be top 10 if if daryl henderson or sony michelle goes down but i think one i just think unless you are a top top end running back in the league most teams operate with a running back carousel now and leonard fournette was kind of like the one of the very few examples who produced out of that carousel format who was so much more productive than you know, Ronald Jones, that he he outproduced that. But I just, I think Cam Akers is going to play a good role for the Rams and what they need is a part of a three-headed monster, part of a three-back system. Um, I think the thing that helps him is that he is one of the receiving backs in that, him and Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's his little, like, scat back. But I think Cam Akers, like, maybe gets a little bit of the name treatment, but I just don't think, like, to be a top, half a running back in the league, a top 15 running back. Like I, just, I, I like, I think you got to be more than being that system, being that running back carousel, that, that running back by committee system. Like not, he's like you said, but he's not going to be a bad running back. He's not going to be a bad player, but fantasy I've learned fantasy. You, you start thinking about this, the whole thing completely differently, man. Like he's not just, can he produce on paper? And I just don't see him going ahead of guys like Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette who are lead backs fully, in their system. Also, I made a um, mistake. They they're going before him. It would be Zeke and James Conner going after, and I'd rather have James Conner. I would not rather have Zeke. I'm staying away yeah, from I'm Zeke. Off, this year. I'm kind of off on Zeke. I'm kind of off on Zeke. That's yeah. a whole different discussion for a different day. Another different discussion is a discussion everybody's having right now, and that's George Pickens, man, setting the world 
on fire. Second round pick for the Steelers. Why drop that far is beyond me, but he slotted as wide receiver 63 right now. Picked ahead of guys like Michael Gallup, Jameson Williams, Robbie Anderson, but falls behind guys like Jahan Dotson and Nicole Hardman. So, Matt, George Pickens, man, you picking 62 wide receivers before this, brother? No, no, definitely like, not. Come on, man. Like, like, come he, on. He's a great, um, oh, it's the sixth round. I, I'll i take a shot on this guy because there's, he's been great in preseason, and he is do, – and. I just don't understand why, like, if you're just looking at the people, like, around of, like, Nicole Hardman and, um, like, Jahan Doxson and Jameson Williams, Robbie, like, you you all know what seasons those people are going to have, and it's going to be boring, mm-hmm. and they're going to get you six fantasy points, um, and that's what's going to happen. With Pickens, he can, he could, there could be a 20-point game explosion out of him. That could, and uh, that's definitely in the cards. I don't know why people haven't come around to it yet that he is getting picked 20 spots too low. Right. Uh, well, I don't know if I go 20 spots too low. Here's my real concern with him. And I think he's a great catcher of the football, physical receiver, love his attitude. Like think he's going to be a great player in the NFL. Get that out of the way. When you look at the Steelers offense, they have uh, Deontay Johnson, probably the number one guy there probably do for, he just got a, got a big contract. Could have a good season. Claypool had a good season. You have Pat Fryermuth, who's probably going to take another step. You have Najee Harris, who gets thrown the ball a lot. So there's going to be sparing opportunity. Now, I think in terms of like bang for your buck, he is a great flyer pick. If either of those top two guys go down in terms of Johnson or Claypool, you could really be looking at a top-level guy, um, like a startable player. I don't know... I mean, Miko Hardman's actually out. That's not a good player to list uh, on my behalf. Mm-hmm. He just got injured today, was carted off the field. Um, I don't, I would probably take him ahead of Dotson. I, I would take him ahead of Dotson for sure. Um, I think he's probably in the right order, though, in terms of like Steelers. Like he's probably the third best Steelers receiver, I would say. I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't pay close enough attention to Chase Claypool last year in fantasy, but right. I wouldn't, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Like, you know what I mean? I would be, I, I, I would be okay with taking him ahead of Chase. There's nothing about Chase Claypool that means, like, I got to take him right. over George Pickens. And maybe I'm buying into the hype too much. Like, but if he's wide receiver 63, I think that's criminally underhyped. And, it, I mean, it just follows the theme that it was in the draft where people let kind of, you know, I don't want to say minuscule reports because, you know, you know, things have different severity to different people. But things outside of football, they let that really affect a guy who is just a monster on the field and stuff that, you know, was in his past that hasn't hasn't arisen in a long time. Like, if, if he's been on the straight path of Georgia for this long, then I, I think we're going to be okay. And now he's outperforming expectations at camp. And, Jake, I hear your point about everybody on the Steelers, and I'm, I guess I'll just play a little bit of devil's, devil's advocate, but I'll push back and say that, when a new quarterback comes in like Mitch Trubisky, who knows who he's going to hitch that chemistry wagon to. And it very much could be George Pickens, a guy who seems to be able to go up and get the ball at any angle from anybody. So like, it, it just seems that, you know, if, if that can happen, if that can, if that can happen with Mitch Trubisky, if they find him as a red zone threat, a red zone target, especially with the jump ball abilities that he has, find himself with, you know, three or four more touchdowns than you expected. And then 
who knows where, where George Perkins lands right now, but high upside. Know, I think this I, I think the Steelers are gonna the high upside, and I'm buying into all that high yeah. upside. I'm definitely buying into all that high upside for the Steelers and for George Pickens. All right, the last one we're going to do because this guy finds himself in a very, very interesting situation. Just got the bag, but really doesn't have a quarterback to throw him the football. And that's DK Metcalf right now, slotted at wide receiver 19. I had a guys like Amon Ron St. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Darnell Moody, but picked behind guys like Terry McLaurin and Mike Williams of the Chargers. So top 15 receiver from DK, Jake, with Drew Locke throwing him the ball? So he's right now is... Yeah, I would be... Like, here's... I see it both ways. I'd be scared to pick him a little bit. Um, You know, you're probably looking at, like, third round-ish. But if I'm getting DK Metcalf with 18 guys in front of him, obviously it's a different story with Russell Wilson not there. But... Like, I don't know. I, I, I hearken back. This is where I learned my fantasy lesson. Because I was like, Jarvis Landry on the Browns a couple of years ago when they stunk. Like, why am I picking Jarvis Landry? Oh, I don't He's He's on a bad offense. And he was on a bad offense. But when they were losing every single game by multiple scores at the end of the game, he would have six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown on like the last like six minutes of the game that were just irrelevant. And that matters in fantasy. Like Mm -hmm. if your team is bad and you're always going to be throwing that matters. Now, I don't think that I would, he's currently going um, ahead of like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Godwin. Um, I'm not taking him ahead of those guys. And I know that might be crazy to say Amon Ross, St. Brown, but like if you're in a PPR league, Amon Ross, St. Brown is going to rake in targets. Um, and like DK Metcalf is ultimately like a really big question mark without a QB. But if you want to take a swing, he, you know, that's probably where about I would say, t- I guess wide receiver 19 is about where you would start swinging. I don't Overhype. Know. Overhype. He was bad with Russell Wilson last year. Overhype. Well, the offense like, like, was, they were in games, close games, and they run the ball. And then, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. And that's true. And, and, and Chris Carson, you know, no right. Chris Carson this year, so you become maybe more of a of a passing offense because of that. But I mean, like it, it's I don't know. He pounded his way through last season, got a contract, and he was bad last season. You know what I mean? He is like a big he had a, a DK had twelve like, touchdowns. Like he didn't have a good yardage year, but he had twelve touchdowns. That's true. Which matters in fantasy. Which yeah, absolutely matters. I think there was, were like end of the year touchdowns after the fantasy season was over, though. Mm. Like if you already Tough. if you took DK high. You're out of the playoffs, and he's catching right. he's catching like four touchdowns in the last three games, or something like that. Attention, all wrestling aficionados! Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Die. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But oh, Matt, where you got him? Overhype, underhype? I think properly hype. I'm going to be, I'm going to go down the middle just because. There's a really high good chance that Drew Locke is just, what do I do? I'm going to throw it to the freak. <laughs> so yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So he just chucks it up high for the really tall guy who's more athletic than anyone on the field. And he gets cheap yards that way. Um, not, he's nine. I, I just, it just fits that. Like, it's a kind of risky pick to go with DK as like your second wide receiver is basically what they're saying. A nine the 19th pick would be but that's what the 19th pick would be a kind of risky pick to be your second wide receiver Mm -hmm. and no i i guess look it's it's, i think they're trying to account for putting up 19 trying to account for the drop off in quarterback just in my opinion i just don't i don't think they kind of accounted for it enough like i i I still think they're trying to give him a little bit too much credit putting him a little bit too high like he probably ended somewhere in the in the early 20s to me now he should not be above Chris Godwin. And I don't know, maybe Chris Godwin's going to miss. Is he hurt at all? Is he going to miss any time? Is that- well, it's not It's not guaranteed what if he's going to like make week one. Yeah. Probably not, but he's practicing. He's there. It's just the, you know, cautionary. They might I guess hold him that, out. That, that could be you know why, mean? maybe, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, man, y'all get ready for fantasy season. And we better come back with good reports, man. This time we we all got to go win a chip. We all got to win fun some fun some kind of fantasy chip. How many before we get a how many fantasy leagues are you in? Like how many uh, did you do this year? I'm only in one. I'm, I'm uh, always, chips in one basket. No, I always only do one because otherwise it gets confusing. Like who do I root for? Yeah, I like having one league that I can put every 
if like when if I've I've had multiple leagues before, and there's all oh the team that started two and one I favor more than the team that started one and two, even though the mm-hmm. team that started one and two actually turned out being the team that had more potential. If I gave more, so it's just no screw it. I'm gonna have one team. I've been in this league with my like friends family for a while, um, and I'm gonna put all my focus into that team. How many fantasy leagues you in, Jake? I, I have can't imagine five. And two of them are dynasty leagues, so it's a little different. I would like to be in like three. I mean, I honestly, being in the two dynasty leagues is is almost too much. But I have a. I was Not offered to mention the three other normal leagues. Redraft, it's okay because you start fresh every year. Where like dynasty, it's like all year you're like tracking. Like, what do I need? Who's good? Mm-hmm. Like, who should I pay? And I the only reason I took this team, I won the league last year, sixteen team league with this with the team that I picked up because the other the guy who they started the league and he drafted the team and was like I don't want to do this so the team was stacked got like Brady Dak Prescott Cooper Cup mm. come on come on gotta get in there this guy John Gruden his way to it to crazy a oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah uh I did three last year I'm only gonna do two this year I'm like uh, I'm with Matt yeah. but like I can't put all my thought and energy into one because I'm not good enough to have just one you know, chance gotta out head. there. I gotta, I, oh, gotta hedge. You know yeah. what I mean? I gotta blanket the market. I gotta put more to whatever metaphor you want to use. I gotta have more than one team, more than one chance to win. And it rained supreme last year because I have one team that was really bad to make the playoffs. And I have one team who I don't understand how they let me draft this team. <laughs> I had Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Mark Andrews, and Debo Samuel was oh. my receiving core. Oh, Debo's the big one there. That was a league winner. It, I mean, it didn't matter. Kyler was my quarterback, and Kyler even missed, what, four or five games, and I still won. But Kyler had a really great start, which got you picked started. Great start. And I had I had him and D-Hop as the anchor, so it was, it was great. Um, but we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Uh, as always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got something to say at the buzzer real quick? Uh, I have a really weird thing that happened to me, so I'm down the shore, as I said. And, um, you know, take a walk down to the seawall at night because there was a massive, like the moon, it was full moon, it was across and like Mm. very, very visible. So I go down there, um, my sister and I are looking at it and, you know, you're facing out towards the water and out of nowhere, like this, this is probably at like 11 at night, this family of like six, a really old guy, a wife and husband and their three kids all come up behind us like stealthily and the old man is like look at that moon oh would you look at that and like i'm like okay that's odd and so he's like that's a sturgeon moon i'm like oh okay like what's it so he was explaining there's a there's a type of moon it's like really yellow and low and that's when you catch the fish the sturgeon and he's like telling Mm -hmm. us this story and I thought that was going to be the end of the oddity. And then the family, I swear to God, the, the husband and wife both walk up with their little kids and are like, look at that sturgeon moon, guys. Oh, my gosh. Like, they, I swear it was like I thought that I was like in a dream or something. It no, didn't you're make being punk. You're being punk. No, I, no one gets the hype over the moon. No I thought that it was like, uh, like, I think you should leave if you guys have seen that show. Like, it was like right. just the most bizarre. <laughs> like, I thought I was on a TV show. So, anyways, they, they ended up being nice people. Um, Might have been a little tuned up. I don't know. That could have helped their enthusiasm. But, um, right. 
just odd, odd happening. That's <laughs> that's so funny. And David, for all that, go go fish for the sturgeon. Then, if you're that right. hyped for the sturgeon, move, go get yourself. A right, get out there. Get out right, right. If you're all hyped, uh, Matt, you got something to say? To the buzzer. So uh, the Premier League season is back, and Liverpool no, is disappointing. Mm. Uh, through two games, they have two draws, and the two teams they played were not good. They played Fulham, who had just been promoted, and they drew 2-2. And they played Crystal Palace in their home opener, who always finishes like 13th, 12th, 11th-ish. And they lost. They didn't lose. They drew 1-1. And along with that game, their big signing of the offseason, Darwin Nunes, who they signed for 80 mil, um, um got a red card when they were down one nothing because he let himself get provoked and he shoved someone to the ground. And luckily they were able to claw goal with 10 men. But when you're facing like these oil barons against you, you can't afford these little slips. You have to be almost perfect. And this is not looking like a perfect Liverpool, almost perfect Liverpool team is looking like a team that's going to be like a distant third place in the Prem. Aren't there, aren't there like, an insane amount of games in a soccer season. 38. Between, that's not that crazy. But well, if in, in the Premier League. In the right, Premier right, League, right, it's 38. Right, right. I was like, Champions League, anything can happen, season. of course. Like, the season plus isn't all, over. But. Right, right. It's two games in. You are two matches in. Hmm. Like, come on, man. Like, have, have a little bit more faith sure, in the team. No, no, no. I have faith in the yeah, team. Really. I just have... I just... When you drop four points to teams that you shouldn't drop four points to in a title race against a team that's... Oh, it's almost perfect. Like it's really tough to come back from. I, I, I don't like. I'm not like. It's who's it, the almost perfect team? Man City. Man City in the Prem. Yeah. They're almost perfect. They choke in the Champions League right. every year, but in the Prem, like they, they had a hundred points and then ninety eight points the next season, which is crazy. It's not well. Soccer season starting back up, so you guys will be happy to get the soccer updates from Statman, mm-hmm. as we always are. As we also, as the we Philadelphia Union play. having a great season. Uh, regular know. season's almost over. Relevant there. soccer. Relevant soccer. They had a good season last year, too. Rah, rah, dupe or die. Um, my the buzzer real quick is we got we to gotta address. I just had to get it into the pod at some point. We got to address this contract that mm. LeBron just signed. We, I, we I giggled when I saw it. LaBilly. Um, two years, $97.1 million contract extension. Bring his career earnings to five hundred and thirty-two million dollars, making him the all-time wealthiest or or most career earnings athlete in NBA history. Um, and I just want to say, man, a lot of people look at this contract, they see the gaudy numbers, and they immediately go like, "Oh, he's he's you know he's just deciding this year he's going to get paid. He's not worried about the team this year. He's you know he's getting his money and." Two things I have to say to that. One, so what? If that if that is the case, so what? This this is a guy who's going to I don't need to list off the career accolades that LeBron is going to end with, right? At the end of his career. What he's done for the game, what he continues to do for the game, but just financial reasons. This isn't a dude who spent his time at the top of the careers earnings list or annual salaries list year after year. In the 21 seasons that we're going into now in his career, he's been top three in annual earnings only three times, and one of them was last year. 
after well, after a nice big contract from the Lakers. So this isn't a this isn't a dude who's always chosen to get paid over, you know, building good teams. Clearly, <laughs> clearly he's willing to sacrifice a couple dollars to get some stars next to him. He's been much more willing to do that before. So is there a time that every athlete decides like this is my it's my time to get paid? It's time to get as much money as I possibly can. Absolutely. And LeBron waited till four rings, four MVPs, and 21 years to do it. And, and if he wants to cash out now, he's got every, every right to do that. Also, another reason he's a genius is he signs for a not length amount of years so he can get all that, you know, kind of bulk his contract. And it's a two-year deal. And what also happens in two years, magically, coincidentally, is Bronny is eligible now for the draft. So where do you think LeBron's going to in free agency? He's got a player option just in case that team happens to be the Lakers. But what do you think what do you think Bron doing with that with that free agent year? I just don't know. After after getting and you know, but we we go before quick go, Matt. Yeah. What I, I, what getting all this what getting all this money does is in that free agent year, I'm not worried about the bag. I just got my career. I got 50 mil a year the past two years. So if you want to sign me to a one-year, $10 million deal so I can play with my son and ride this out, I'm not sitting there penny-pitching, which I'm not worried about getting a good deal from this team because I just got my money. And the Lakers, by the way, still have $20 million in cap space this summer to do something, and they're eligible for a max slot next year if they want to add someone in the final year of that contract to go with AD and LeBron. And AD is a free agent after LeBron's contract adds up. So it just, there's just a whole lot of reasons why this contract makes sense, but you can't tell me that this man doesn't deserve as much money as he possibly can. I don't care. Even if it did put the Lakers in a hole, give the brother his money. Well, one, he, I don't understand why there was discourse about this LeBron contract because he's LeBron James. He, he brought a title to LA. He had a very good season last year. Um, he was a top five player last year in the NBA. Um, and he and and say it's two years one because LeBron always does that and two because he's like gonna be old mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got that's what's just gonna, what's gonna happen and he any playing with Bronny any playing with Bronny then yeah and then he's gonna play with Bronny, so play like with Bronny. I I saw uh, my reaction to his contract I saw I was like oh it looks like he's uh, found a way to like like he's like not gonna threaten to leave LA a now or something yeah and oh don't get me don't get me wrong it's 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 ridiculous it's it's ridiculous the amount of money he got like that i don't i don't want to i don't want to yeah but the amount of money the lakers are going to make off him is a lot more because all the marketing they can do the fact that he's going to break kareem's record while wearing a laker jersey like the amount of money that lebron's brought in besides just the winning point is Always going to be a massive boom, especially for a city like Los Angeles. Yeah, I decided to provide some context around it because anytime someone sees, I mean, fifty million dollars a year is I can't say players league, players great, great league to be a player in. I'll tell you that fifty million a year is ridiculous. But you see that, and a lot of people, especially LeBron naysayers, want to automatically go like, "Oh, look at him pigeonholing his team," but he's not. It actually makes. Great financial sense for everybody. Doesn't put the Lakers in a hole. Allows him to get his bag. It's good. But 
That's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Shout out to everyone at the Up On Game Network. Again, make sure you're following them wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, And also, shout out to my guys, man. Football season almost here. Time for Buccaneers to win another chip. It's my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Shout out to Nashville Silver Knights, six-time champs, baby. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.